electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people make friends. I'm just trying to make you a little money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate, explain, and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. So let's see. We got uh, two wars in the Middle East. We got another one going in Ukraine. We have a presidential election race going on between like an older gentleman, so to speak, and a slightly younger gentleman who's the subject of four different prosecutions. May not even be on the ballot. We got an immigration crisis, wild budget deficits, possibly intractable inflation that may delay the Fed's rate cuts. And what happens? Today, the Dow Jones gained 395 points. The S&P surged 1.23% to a new all-time high, and the Nasdaq pole vaulted 1.7%. You know what I say? Phenomenal. Yet, if you want proof that none of this stuff means anything to the stock market, just look at the incredible performances we got today. See, they are a function of record profits, fat gross margins, driven by a strong consumer and very strong enterprises. And just as important, they're a product of all the negative billionaires and strategists who come on our air and other places and urge you to hide your money in cash. Only to see stocks generate amazing returns that put that 4.13% you can get from the 10-year treasury, which is supposed to be so comforting, to shame. The money's being made now. It's being made now. A lot of the gains have come because of an absence of corporate news. We've had a smattering of reports so far this earnings season, but nothing dispositive. As analysts trip over themselves to recommend whatever's been going higher, even if their comments are simply the spur for the moves that's taken it higher to begin with. But that ends next week, people, when we get into the meat of the order, the part of earnings season that happens, and it comes fast and furious, which could bring... Some profit-taking, maybe even serious profit-taking. See, we've seen that happen in the banks. That was the group that reported first, and those sold off. Now we're getting the rest. 
The airlines have seen some strong travel demand and rising costs, which is winning. United Airlines will tell us on Monday when it reports after the bell. Also Monday, I'm a big believer that a new PC cycle is upon us. But you know what? I'd like to get some empirical data to back me up. Maybe Logitech that make your peripherals will give it to us when the company reports that evening. Now, that stock has been a real winner. I don't know if you checked it out. Tuesday, a little close to home for the Travel Trust, Procter & Gamble. I can't see a blowout here because the dollar got too strong, and that's a big determinant of Procter's earnings as they do so much business overseas. But it's good if the stock gets hammered. That will be your buying opportunity. It is a dividend aristocrat. Next, I think Verizon. Verizon will do well because it's been able to put through some price increases. I never say anything good about Verizon. I just did. 3M is putting its litigation warriors behind it. May I finally spur some buyers if the company can just come up with some meaningful new products that can turn into blockbusters like they used to. General Electric's on the verge of separating the energy business from the aerospace business. And part of me wants to say, you know what, if this stock can finally come down, even just two or three bucks, we got to pull the trigger. We got to buy some of the travel trust, but it never does. Yeah, take a look at that chart. GE does not come down because Larry Culp is amazing. He's the CEO. J&J reports, too, and I, I, I think it'll be terrific. But the numbers won't matter because of this brutal talc litigation. If they can announce any sort of settlement, that, that stock can rally 10 points in a flash. Let's hope they've got some horse sense. Now, let's see if RTX can put this remedial engine problem behind it. Meanwhile, we want to hear from Lockheed Martin about any increase in their defense budget. And last but not least, there's D.R. Horton, the gigantic home builder, who will give us a preview of the spring home buying season. I trust them more than any of these national numbers we always hear about. That's just Tuesday morning. After the close, Netflix reports, and everyone says it'll be a blowout. So you know what? It'll probably be a blowout. Today, an analyst, by the way, on this one, this was very what I guard as quizzical. Analysts came out and said that Texas interest, which really reported a subpar quarter last and actually really bummed me out, will put out a much better one Tuesday. And just on those words, the stock leaped more than 4%. That's amazing. It's just amazing. On an analyst report. How hungry is this market for good news, huh? Wednesday, ATT reports, and many think this quarter is going to be as strong as Verizon's. But history says we got to wait on this one, so I say we wait on this one. I like Verizon much more. We met with Abbott Labs last week when we were at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference in San Francisco, and I thought they told an excellent story. Robert Ford's on his game. But I know that this stock tends to open up, then people suddenly start finding fault in some line item that never makes any sense to me, and then it gives up the gain and more. And it's only the next day when you want to go buy Abbott because every box will be checked. I've seen this pattern so many times that it is nauseating, but I've come to accept it and try to profit from it. After the close, we are from Tesla. At this point, it's so low, I suspect the fanboys will buy it and stabilize the stock, but that's what they did, by the way, with, with Bitcoin. Did you see that? that Pyrrhic effort to try to keep it up. Anyway, I, I'm cynical, but I'm also accurate. Next, two good ones. There's IBM, which is now uh, capable of telling you an excellent story about how to integrate AI into your business. And then there's ServiceNow, which is the principal AI integrator in the entire market. For my money, ServiceNow will probably have the best single quarter of this entire week, okay? Hey, by the way, when Lamb Research reports, I bet management will be conservative and not call the bottom of the semiconductor cycle despite what Taiwan Semi said. Uh, so I'm going to do it for them. It's the bottom of the semicycle. All right, Thursday, Union Pacific. It's going to have a good quarter like that because the stock's been telling you that. I do not think the facts will contradict that. Hey, someone downgraded Sherwin-Williams the other day. And when we see that quarter, I think that someone will have to send me a very, maybe even uh, embossed, if not signed, invitation to the funeral. After the close Thursday, Pat Gelsinger, the CEO of Intel, will tell us how much better his firm is doing than every other firm, not just in the semiconductor industry, but in the whole tech sector. No, and maybe in the entire universe. I think he'll say it's doing better than every company in the entire universe. I like hubris. He's got tons of it. 
But if you want the numbers to go higher, go listen to the Visa conference call because that's consistently told a solid story. And by the way, they have what I call something that's in short supply on this wall, humility. Also on Thursday, PayPal is an analyst meeting. And I think that this new CEO, Alex Chris, who I've been raving about, who sat down with David Fabry the other day, I think he's got a vision for the company. I love the way he kept saying, we did this one, we did this one, we did this one, when he hadn't done anything wrong. That, I really think is good. That's good coaching. On Friday, we get the personal consumption expenditures number that the Fed likes so much. It's their favorite read on inflation. We need to see a weaker PCE if we're ever going to get any rate cuts. People call it the PCE because they want to confuse you and buffalo you. I don't play that game. American Express reports on Friday. I can tell you that this company has a history of reporting solid numbers like Abbott Labs, except for some line item like bad debt expense, and then everyone freaks out and they send the stock down three, four dollars. On this second day, when some analyst tries to downgrade the stock, you need to buy it because the company's actually killing it. I thought he was very good on Scott's show today. Yeah, Steve Squeer, he's a dynamite guy. Um, I feel that, you know, these analysts don't feel the need to say something negative when the stock goes down because they're looking at the stock. They don't have a clue themselves. They say, oh, the stock's down. Let me find something negative. That's what they get paid $2 million a year for at the start, okay? Now, one stock that never loses its luster is Colgate. It just had a good run from 68 to 80, and I suspect it can go higher thanks to its higher margin pet foods, IU Sensodyne. Finally, one of the most reliable companies out there is Norfolk Southern. I actually use, I have um, Chris from Norfolk Southern. I'm not kidding. Uh, And uh, judging by the positive comments about intermodal freight from J.B. Hunt, the big trucking company, a railroad like Norfolk Southern, their numbers should be positive. Bottom line, can this market keep this up? Only if we still have plenty of people out there bad-mouthing the market and calling it dangerous and perilous, like billionaires like to see. They don't want more billionaires. I actually want more billionaires. Anyway, we need the wall of worry to grow even higher. That will ensure that we get higher stock prices as it dawns on investors that the worries are wrong and you can get back in and get bang for your buck in the stock market and do a lot better than you can in that vicious rival, the two-year. Mark in California, Mark. <laughs> Happy Friday, Jimmy. Good hey, to have you. With retail, with retail spending continuing to be strong, my stock is four different pipelines to make money. Rick Mortar Stores deals with Target and Elk Beauty and the Direct Order Club that has a million-plus people already tied in. Do I still have four cents investing in Ulta Beauty? I don't know, let me see. But what did they give us today? Did you check today what they gave us? Let's see. Ulta, we got... They had... They had a really good bargain I saw the other day. Um, I, I'm an Ulta Club member, and I think it does fabulous. And I think Ulta is a terrific stock. And I wish they would summon us to, do, to go to one of their stores because their stores are quite beautiful. And I like the stores in Target. And I was dismayed to see CVS pull, pulling out of some of the Targets. So I like my CVS in my Target. Let's go to Trey in Texas. Trey. Jim, I mopped the floor with Wall Street's returns in 2023, and I'd like to do it again. Today, I'm talking about a stock that took my confidence level from 40-year-old virgin to 50 shades of Trey. At a 90% weight in my portfolio, this is a stock that, should it get crushed, I'll lose everything. Jim, give me the messy of AI, Palantir Technologies, for 25 a share. Final answer. Okay. Uh, Here's my problem with Palantir. I, I, I like them, but the last quarter was not that great. 
it really wasn't that great. And I thought he was excellent from Davos. I don't know why he doesn't like me. I've been a really good guy. I, I said good things. I said next to a CFO. I was really nice to him. I, I put a napkin on. I used the, le- the fork to the left and, you know, the solids to the left and liquids to the right. I did all that stuff right, but he had no time for me. He had no time. Solids to the left, liquids to the right. You know, I, I can do the napkin because I was a busboy for many years. It, my table manners did not impress the CFO, and they won't, talk, won't speak to me. So I got to tell you something. I'm getting a little bummed out and a little sad. Okay? Palantir. Now, let's go to uh, Kyler in Nebraska. Kyler. Hey, Jim. I want to ask you about SMCI, Super Micro. Even with the <laughs> red hot start to 2024, market cap is still only 20. That thing is a monster. It's a monster. That's not a monster. It's a monster. I love the stock. It's just crazy. But all that said, I think NVIDIA is better. But super micro, I mean, they ought to change that. I would call it super duper micro. And then it would be more like, you know, like uh, Scooby-Doo. Anyway, if the world worry in the market keeps growing, then I think we can start moving higher. We just need more billionaires who want you in your chains. All the negative to be out there will only fuel more gains as more investors realize that you can get a lot more out of the stock market than with the two-year. Man, buddy, tonight, coming into 2024, we've been intrigued by the recovery in the regional bank stocks, and I'm revealing five names that I think is worth watching and did quite well this week. And we use this season as a way to get a sense of a host of macro trends because we got to know more than just what the Federal Reserve tells us or what all these people come on our air and have no idea what they're talking about. I call them gas bags. I'm running the report of J.B. Hunt and telling you what to do. Plus, rate cut or no rate cut, does your portfolio have what it takes to handle the ever-changing market? I'm surveying the portfolios of Americans everywhere when we play M.I. Diversified. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Cramer on X. Have a question? Tweet Cramer. Hashtag Mad Mentions. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX. Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, The ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The most important part of earnings season isn't figuring out how individual companies are doing. It's finding insights that can lead us to investable themes. For example, last night, a company you may not even care about, but you can make a whole pastiche of thinking about reported. I'm talking about J.B. Hunt. 
one of the highest quality trucking companies out there. And I always pay attention to this one because it can tell us a great deal about the freight market because they're very transparent. They tell you everything. Remember, the cost of freight peaked nearly two years ago in the spring of 2022, and we got over the pandemic and global supply chains started sorting themselves out. Then it went down, and it stayed down for a long time. Although last quarter, some companies in space started hitting that maybe we could see a bottom in rates soon. Which brings me to J.P. Hunt. If you take last night's results at face value, then the numbers were mixed at best, slightly better than expected sales thanks to strength in their intermodal business, but paired with big earnings miss because everything else was not so hot. But if you looked at the stock this morning, it opened up nearly 4%. And while it gave up some of those gains, it's still closed in the black. So what exactly did Wall Street like here? Again, the freight market has been absolutely horrible for nearly two years. And everybody knows that. Nobody expects it to bottom overnight. Instead, we were looking for any sign that the, the environment might be improving at all. And J.B. Hunt's management gave us that. As CEO John Roberts got more skeptic, more specific about certain parts of the business, his commentary started getting more encouraging. He was very optimistic on what's known as intermodal, meaning shipping in containers, which accounts for roughly half the company's revenue. You have these, uh, they look like trucks and they fit onto trains. Darren Field, the president of the intermodal business, really smart guy, I love reading his stuff, said they've been seeing, quote, improving trends in intermodals since the spring, which continued as evidenced by our 6% increase in volume for the quarter, end quote. He went on to say, quote, we have seen an improvement in our year-over-year monthly volume trend since April for nine consecutive months. By month in the fourth quarter, our volumes were up 6% in October 6th and November 8, uh, 6, 8 in December. 8 in December. So 6 in October, 6 in November, and then boom, hockey stick 8 in December. See that last part, that, that's the month-by-month walk. It's known as the cadence of the quarter. And it's a crucial bit of detail because it shows you the trajectory. Obviously, 668's like this. When you see that intermodal uptick at the end of the year, you know that J.B. Hunt's largest business came in uh, to 2024 with a lot of momentum. Phil went on to note that even though this new demand came out of nowhere, his company has no problem providing capacity while maintaining high service levels. That's what I like. That's called leverage. Of course, you might be wondering why this uptick in volume hasn't flowed through to the bottom line yet. Okay, Phil explained that too. Quote, volume is historically a leading indicator, while price is typically a lagging indicator, end quote. In other words, volumes are the first step to a comeback in the intermodal business, which we're already seeing, but higher prices will likely come on later. Interestingly enough, when I was reading this, I said, hey, you know what? That's how a housing cycle works too. Now, in addition to these positive volume trends at J.B. Hunt, Field also said, quote, we continue to see a large amount of freight that we believe should be converted from over the road to intermodal, and we have the capacity and people in place to grow with our customers and recapture share from the highway, end quote. That also sounds encouraging. Now, while J.B. Hunt's stock rallied today, I want to be clear that the truck industry is still far from being out of the woods. This group, by the way, can have amazing moves when you get the cycle right. J.B. Hunt itself has some company-specific problems, too, hence why the stock gave a big chunk of the gains as the day went on kind of just dissipated. First, while the intermodal vibes were encouraging, I know there's skepticism that this division was boosted by the shipping disruption in the Red Sea, which I talked about just last night. When asked about the impact of the Red Sea disruptions, Darren Field noted, and I quote, as volumes came at us in the fourth quarter, and like we've highlighted many times, our customers were even surprised by that. So I think that the volume momentum that built during that quarter was largely related to activities that these customers had going on in the fourth quarter. And again, because they were surprised by it, I think that's why we feel a little bit more unclear right now about what the early part of this year holds, end quote. In short, 
I told you they're transparent. They, they don't really know how the Red Sea issue is going to impact them going forward. I care passionately about it because if all rates go up, then the Fed is most likely not going to be able to cut that much. Additionally, J.P. Hunt's earnings came in weaker than expected, in part because of a $53 million uh, charge. It was, uh, it was actually additional costs that the result of, quote, higher claims and costs exceeding cover limits in certain insurance layers, end quote. This $53 million additional, quote, uh, additional cost is, quote, despite 2023 being the company's best performance in history on safety, measured by having our lowest DOT preventable accidents per miles. Uh, per, per million miles. We remain one of the safest carriers in the industry, yet our insurance rates continue to increase as the industry experiences higher verdicts and, as a result, higher litigation settlements, end quote. So even though their safety profile is better than ever, skyrocketing litigation costs are still making life difficult for them. Listen to this harrowing statistic from CEO John Roberts, quote, jury verdicts in trucking cases where the verdict exceeds $1 million have seen an 867% increase in the average size of verdicts from 2010 to 2018, end quote. Why the heck is that happening? Well, because the majority of motor carriers in the trucking industry carry only $1 million in coverage just above the legal minimum of 750000 So plaintiffs tend to get more aggressive about suing the larger carriers who have better insurance, meaning J.B. Hunt pays the bill. Now, just so you know, insurance is a leading cause of higher consumer CPI. Higher CPI means, again, something that the Fed will, will take into account and not cut rates aggressively because of insurance has to come down, as we saw from that outrageously strong travelers quarter this morning. Now, put it all together, and last night's quarter makes me incrementally more positive about the freight market, especially the intermodal space, not to mention making me more sanguine on J.B. Hunt itself, although there are some other quirky issues making me feel a bit less confident on this one. No, trucking is not totally back yet, and we'll have to see if intermodal momentum uh, from December can continue. Maybe the worsening situation the Red Sea will give them an, an even bigger boost as ships that would normally go to the East Coast instead end up at the West Coast because they can't get through the Suez Canal. That means they need to travel more miles on land, potentially good news for the truckers. Here's the bottom line. The turn in trucking is beginning here. It just might take some time to play out and the recovery may not be linear. Frankly, that's good news from my perspective because if freight costs keep going higher, that makes it more difficult for the Fed to cut interest rates and many investors won't move off the sidelines if they do. It's a continuing story, and you have to watch companies like J.B. Hunt, because, again, when the cycle starts rolling, you can make just as much money as you can in many of the semiconductor stocks. They have money is back after the break. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. Late last year, it looked like the beaten-down regional banks were finally making a major comeback. 
After the series of bank failures last spring, this group became absolutely despised. They know nothing! As investors worried about their underwater bond portfolios. The regional banks didn't really recover until the last two months of the year after long-term interest rates peaked. But they recovered rapidly. From late October through the end of December, the KBW Regional Banking Index, the key index, was up 37%, although it still finished 2023 down 4%. Unfortunately, the group's going cold again in 2024. Longer-term treasuries have gone down in price and up in yield. But I think this could be just the pullback we've been waiting for. We're in a world where long rates have peaked and the Fed's likely to cut short rates, albeit not as much as Wall Street might want. That's good news for the regional banks here, especially since the economy's holding up just fine. But you need to be selective, which is why it's worth going over what the regional banks had to say when they reported this week. Things got going slowly with a few reports on Tuesday and Wednesday that were either negative catalysts or non-factors. The Pittsburgh-based PNC Financial reported an OK quarter on Tuesday. I candidly expected more, but their guidance wasn't particularly encouraging. Given that PNC has been a huge winner when the regionals were rallying, the stock pulled back in response to the report. But after a nice game today, it's roughly five for the week. While I don't think PNC will hurt you, it's not my favorite. On Wednesday morning, we heard from U.S. Bank Corp, which is larger than a regional bank, but a lot smaller than the big money centers. And it gave us a similarly meh set of numbers. Quarterly, quarter, quarter paired with a guarded, guarded outlook for 2024. I don't want that. Management said they expect positive operating leverage, meaning improved profitability, but not until the second half of the year. U.S. Bank Corp stock had rallied 50% from late October to its highs in mid-December, but it's pulled back hard in the new year. Uh, today was actually the first time it was up in eight sessions. Also Wednesday, we got results from the Providence-based Citizens Financial Group, which popped nearly 2% in response, mostly because people thought it was going to have a terrible quarter. While the results were merely in line with expectations, their outlook for 2024 was much more encouraging. Management said net interest income would bottom in the second quarter and build from there. Citizens gave us more color than most of the regionals, and Wall Street rewarded them for their transparency. If they're right about net interest income bottoming next quarter, I bet the stock can keep running. Now, yesterday we heard from a whole handful of regionals, including what I thought was the best of the week, which is Kramer Fave first Horizon, FHN, the Tennessee-based bank that I've been pushing as hard as I can for the past few months, including during last Friday's game plan. The core thesis for First Horizon is simple. Toronto Dominion, big bank in Canada, was willing to buy this company for $25 per share. Then the deal fell through last year because U.S. regulators had issues with the way TD deals with money laundering, nothing having to do with First Horizon, clean as a whistle. Then the mini-banking crisis hit, and First Horizon stock plunged to $9 at its lows last May. As recently as last October, it was still sticking around 10 bucks. These guys also operate in strong markets in the southeast, and I've got tremendous confidence in CEO Brian Jordan, so I've been adamant that the stock's a buy. Then yesterday, First Horizon made me look good by reporting a strong quarter, sent the stock up 5%. Now, some of that was because of lower-than-expected credit charges, but they also had a successful deposit campaign in the middle of last year that brought in $6 billion in new-to-bank deposits, which they've retained. First Horizon even had a 5% loan growth number in 2023, which is a solid number for a tumultuous year. But the real reason the stock rallied so hard is simple. Management did a great job of communicating, as they always do, that First Horizon will do well, even if the Fed cuts rates more slowly than Wall Street's expecting, which I think is going to be the situation. I am with Jordan. The stock back, uh, is back up at 14 now. And given that TD is willing to pay $25, I think you should stick with it. 
Market also liked what we heard from M&T Bank, a major player in the mid-Atlantic and truest financial. They also like that. That's an Atlanta-based bank created by the merger between BB&T and SunTrust. M&T has been one of the higher quality regionals because they avoided the bank portfolio mistakes of their peers. Truist had pretty much messy results, frankly, because they took a $6 billion goodwill impairment charge. I want to know more about that. But when you exclude one-off items, the quarter was strong, and I think it's okay going forward. And one of my pet favorites, Texas Capital Bank shares reported an OK quarter, optimistic four-year forecast, jump, jump, stock jump 2.4%. How about today? We got a slew of regional bank earnings reports this morning, ending this week on a pretty positive note. The star of the day was another Kramer fave, the Columbus, Ohio-based Huntington Bank shares, H-Band, which saw its stock jump nearly 4%. Huntington's results were solid, but their guidance for 2024 was excellent. Now, we knew this was going to come. We've had CEO Steve Steinauer on. Now, what he said yesterday, I'm going to quote, is the, the bank is, quote, entering the new year from a position of strength, end quote. And he put forward some pretty confident targets. Huntington expects 2 to 4% loan deposit growth, flat net interest income, and 5 to 7% non non-interest income growth with only 4.5% non-interest expense growth. Now, they can hit those goals. I think Huntington stock can move a nice move high. It can make a nice move higher. This is a $12.72 stock. It could easily go to 15%. Remember, we care about percentage gains. That was where it was before the mini banking crisis last year, and it's a better bank now and then. You get an 18% gain. I think that's terrific. Then there's also Bank OZK. That's formerly known as the Bank of the Ozarks. These guys found themselves in a list of dangerous banks during last year's crisis period, but the stock stabilized and made a nice recovery at this point, and this quarter didn't hurt its momentum. What else? How about the Alabama-based Regions Financial? That's been a hated bank. It had a nice game today. Cincinnati-based Fifth Third Bank Corp also moved higher in response to its report, albeit to a lesser extent. The only real loser today was Comerica, CMA, which missed its deposits, targets, and said it was, its interest income was likely to fall this year. That was a disappointment. But even that didn't hurt the stock, which was down for most of the day, but it actually managed to finish in positive territory. That's pretty good for a company that really missed. So here's the bottom line. Okay. They're not fast-moving semiconductor stocks already. But I like what I saw from the regional banks this week. And while I'm still bullish in the group and it can have a big percentage of gains coming up, uh, not all regionals are created equal. I continue to like First Horizon and Huntington Bank shares the most. M&T Bank sneaking right up there. And this year, you know what? I'm going to throw in Citizens and, yes, the much maligned region financial. As long as interest rates don't surge higher again, I think all five can work, and it wouldn't be so bad to own something else other than Broadcom and NVIDIA. All right, let's go to Kyle in my home state of New Jersey. Kyle! Hey, Jim. How you doing, buddy? It's my doing birthday. Well. Doing well, the big guy. What are you doing? Hit, the market just hit an all-time high on my birthday after two painful years. Happy birthday! Where's the cake? Like, Where's that? The We're gonna sing you happy on, birthday. We'll sing the happy birthday. Happy birthday! We'll, we'll come to you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Um, I heard during this bear market we were in. I heard somebody say, "Investing in a bull market is practice, and investing in a bear market is the Super Bowl." And I made it through my first bear market. I am so happy. Jim, this stock has been, like, beating me up bad the last uh, month or so. What do you think about SoFi? Should I, I think buy you buy there? SoFi. I think Anthony Noto is good. I've liked this stock. We had him on when it was at 4. Then the stock jumped to 11. It's pulled back. I think it's the right level. And, yes, you did get through the bear market. Believe me, a lot of people left. And when you hear those numbers about how many people are still involved, don't believe them. I speak to more people than, put the, than those guys. They, 
I, let me tell you, people don't like the market and they don't care for the market and they'd rather be in 5% cash. And you and I know that we can make a lot more money in the market than 5% cash. Now we're going to go to Rex in California. Rex. Yes, Jim Kramer. This is Rex from Santa Barbara, California. Oh, I love I Santa Monica. I love it. Santa Barbara. Oh, Santa Barbara. Hey, we had a great conference in Santa Barbara. It was one of the best conferences I ever had. That's where Anthony Noto, it said, line in the sand, $4, so far. And then it went to 11 What's going on? Well, I, I want to get your opinion on toast. It seems to be a disruptor in, 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 the, in the restaurant business. Well, okay, I'm going to give you the other side of the trade on this. Having been in the restaurant business, these companies are interchangeable. They're all like one to the same. You can pull out toast, add another guy. It is nothing proprietary, so I'm not going to have you in that, Rex, from Santa Barbara. It's not nice enough. Happy birthday to the other fellow. This is all just an unbelievable, frankly, it's an unbelievable MI diversified. Hey, Kyle, New Jersey. Kyle, happy birthday to you. Congratulations on getting through the bear market. All right. I like what I saw for the regional bank reports this week. Yeah, I got to be careful the group, though, because not all regionals are created equal. As long as interest rates don't surge higher from here, I think my top picks in the space can give you some big percentage gain winners. Much more made money ahead, including Kramerica's favorite game, and that's MI Diversified. Then the Magnificent Seven continues to captivate investors. So why does it seem like other companies are struggling to do the same? I'm surveying the space and sharing some stories that caught my eye during the day. And order calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. As you know, we saw a number of stocks rally today as the S&P 500 closed at a new all-time high. It's a big deal. But even with the record high for the market, you have to ask yourself, is your portfolio positioned to take advantage if we continue to move higher from these levels? That's why tonight we're playing MI Diversified. This is where you call me, you tell me your top five holders, I tell you if your portfolio is diversified enough, maybe you need to mix it up a little. First, we have Kevin in Illinois. Kevin. Hey, Jim, calling from the land of Lincoln. And a uh, happy club member, I've got five for you here, SPX Technologies, uh, Roblox, General Electric Healthcare, Meta, and Delta. Jim, am I diversified? All right, let's go to work on this. Um, diversified in t- uh, industrial, always room for that. GE, healthcare, I think this stock is 10 points undervalued. And when you see all the AI that's in the new machines, you'll agree with me. Roblox is making a turn here. Let's call it an Internet game. But that last quarter was very good. Meta, what can I say? How many good things can I say about Meta? And Delta Airline, that is one of the best in show, but I'm not a big airline fan. Airline, uh, let's call it multimedia. uh, Here, Internet plaything. Uh, industrial uh, and healthcare. I think that's good enough. I like the ma- I like the makeup. This GE healthcare really just bugs the heck out of me that it's not higher. There's some people who are down on it. Some analysts who are down on it, and I'm going to have to tell them that they're going to end up being wrong. Next up, we're taking a call from Trevin in South Carolina. Trevin. Hey Jim. Hey, first time call. I've been watching you since 2008, and you really started my investing journey. So thank yes, you. Yes, man. This is enough. I got to um, I mean, I saw a guy in the elevator the other day. He said, you know what? I've been watching you all my life. I've done well. I'm like, yeah, man. Thank you for saying something. I was there. I was like looking at my pants or something. It's terrific. All right, let's go to work. 
All right, I got Apple, Energy Transfer, Disney, General Mills, and Pfizer. Kramer, am I diversified? Ooh, interesting breakup and some utility like uh, dividend income here. Yeah, we got a big yielder here. We got a decent yielder here. We have a big yielder here. And we have a company that's been underperforming horribly here that could use a bit of a change agent. We have entertainment, we have tech, we have oil pipeline, we got food, and we got drug. And I say we got bingo, Trevin, so far as the start of the day when it comes to diversification. Why don't we now go to Linda from right here in New York? Linda! Hey, Jim. Linda. Um, here, here are the stocks I would love your opinion on. Sure. Uh, AMD. Amazon, Uber, Apple, Biohaven. Am I diversified? Whoa. Um, actually, Linda, uh, not totally. How about that? Not totally. All right, Biohaven is a very, you know, that's, that's Vlad Quark's company. We, we, Vlad, Vlad, what can I say about Vlad? He came up with a medicine that right now is keeping me from having migraine. Light right now, because I woke up with one. So he's amazing, okay? That, that drug was sold to Pfizer, by the way. The company's independent. Uber, uh, they, they got rid of Drizzly. $1.1 billion. They buy it to get rid of it. Easy come, easy go. Uh, Apple, what can I say? The, you, hey, Dylan tried to get the uh, Pro. It's a one-month wait for the Pro. Um, AMD was just a boffo number. Yeah, the trust sold it. We had a lot of money, though. And then Amazon, well, what can I say? Just keeps going higher. However, tech, tech, tech. So what are we going to do? I'm willing to have two techs here. I'm willing to have Amazon because it's retail and advertising. And I'm willing to have Apple. Lisa Sue is so great, but I have, to con- I have to instead insist. I insist on an industrial. Now, not every industrial. I want this to be Caterpillar. I know. It's only diversification. Will Cat do as well as AMD? Only if tech comes down, cat will. And then Uber, what can I say? I like the uh, ride sharing. Good business. I had to do that. Now, people should be saying, Jim, you like AMD more than cat. But you know what? There'll be day- AMD fell 90 points in a period of like a couple of months. I, can't, I don't want that to happen to all of your stocks. And I can't keep all the tech. I just can't. Next up, we have Gabe in Michigan. This is part of the way investing works. You have to be a little more defensive. Gabe. Hey, Jim. As always, thank you for your daily invaluable instruction and advice. I really appreciate your advice today uh, and insights on my top five, which are a bit challenged. But my top five being Devon Energy, Pfizer, Alibaba, Disney, and Cisco Systems. Thank you, Jim. Wow. Okay, this is a little problematic here. Uh, okay, so Devin is not doing very well right now, and at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he sells the darn, darn thing. There's so much, there's so many transactions. Doesn't mean I want you in it though. I want you in Kotara because I, I like natural gas more. Alibaba, no. I mean, the Chinese, we're done with the Chinese. They're going to do, they're going to do a deal for Xi'an. They'll do a deal with Temu. Everyone initially make thirty percent, and then you lose your whole shirt, and it won't be a shirt as nice as mine. Five. It's Taylor made. Uh, Pfizer is they give them to me. It's, I don't spend like that. Uh, Pfizer's got good yield, got some new drugs from Siegel. I like that. Uh, it's it's C-Gen. Clay Seagal was the guy who started. Uh, Cisco, it started to look better. I mean, my friend Matt Horning was saying, listen, it's filling the gap, doing well. You got a nice yield, too. And then Disney, uh, we need uh, Nelson Peltz maybe get a little things going there. They need to do something right because right now they're not. Entertainment, oil and gas, bad Chinese stock, uh, drug 
and tech, we're going to replace Alibaba. We're going to take Alibaba out of this, okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to put in Eli. No, we have Pfizer. Can't do that. Why don't we just put an Apple? Okay, I already blessed Apple earlier. We'll just put an Apple. I was, I was actually thinking about doing Broadcom, but it was up so big today. Let's go to Mandy in Maryland. Mandy. Hi, Jim. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? It's Friday. You know, like it like everybody else. Yes. Hope you're staying warm. Okay. And Same more. I was, uh, uh, thank okay. you so much for taking my call. Oh, and you're quite welcome. You and your staff, too. We really appreciate it. Okay. Uh, my five picks are APP. Okay. JPM. Okay. H-B-A-N. Okay. O-N-O-N. Oh, okay. And F-T-N-T. And am I diversified? Thank All you. All right, I, I'm going to have to go over again. You know, we got some people a little bit challenged here, but that's okay. That's why they call, all right? J.P. Morgan, one of the best banks in the show. I do prefer Wells Fargo. Um, App Lovin, you know, look at applications for, what are we going to call it, for uh, software, or create, uh, enterprise software, okay? Uh, Fortinet, uh, uh, Cyber, Huntington, they were on today. They came on earlier in the show. They're dynamite bank. I call it HBAN. Um, on, that's at the shoe store. That's the... My second closet is made up of on-on. Thank you, Lisa. So we've got, we've got apparel. We've got a bank. We've got enterprise software. We have cybersecurity. And we got another bank. That's two banks. Uh-uh. No, we can't do that. And that's why right now, right here, we are adding Eli Lilly. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is one more edition of MI Diversity. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? It's time for the lightning round of Kramer's Red Money. Let's start with Joe in Georgia. Joe. Thank you, Kramer, for having me on your show. You betcha. Got a quick question. Ticker symbol IVR, Investor Mortgage Capital. I don't know what mortgages they have, and therefore I cannot recommend the stock, and I suggest that you do not own it. Let's go to Ray in Oregon. Ray. Booyah, Kramer. Booyah. Ray. I've been been fortunate in owning five of your magnificent seven stocks besides Salesforce, AMD, and Microsoft. Excellent. I'm doing fairly well. But when I heard you talk about on semiconductor a while back, it was at a high of 109 and it dropped. Well, remember, on semi is is really related to the autos, and the auto market has turned down because the Fed raised rates so high. So you've got to wait till the Fed cuts rates and autos come back before you can buy one. Let's go to Bill in Massachusetts. Bill. Booyah, Mr. Kramer. How Booyah, are Bill. you today? I am good. How about you, partner? What's happening? Fantastic. You're an educator, a mentor, and very entertaining. I wanted you to know that. Thank you. I'm a Thank club you. member. Yes. And the most important thing you taught me is financial discipline. That is everything, because discipline trumps conviction, okay? Thank oh. you. Big club meeting next Incredible. week, by the way. Let's go to work. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. I just, I had a question. I want to pick up some more uh, Stanley Black and Decker. I need your opinion. Thanks. I think you should. I think that actually it's a reverse head and shoulders pattern, by the way. Yields three and a half. It's very inexpensive. And if people are buying Home Depot and Lowe's, they should be buying Stanley Black and Decker. Let's go to Calvin in Massachusetts. Calvin. 
Hello, Kramer and the crew. Thanks for all you do. Oh, yeah. Calling, What's happening? I'm calling I'm calling from the birthplace of basketball. That's Springfield, Massachusetts. Yes, it is indeed. I, yes, sir. I currently hold a position in a company that recently announced a $150 million public offering of its common stock at $15 per share. Should I hold, buy, or sell? My stock is ticker symbol CPRX. That's Catalyst Pharmaceuticals. Thank you. I do not know Catalyst, so I cannot opine on it. I've got to do some work. Let's go to Eric in Pennsylvania. Eric. Mm, booyah, Jim. Booyah. A, so, um, first of all, uh, I am a longtime fan of your show. Thank you. I have, two, I have two DVDs, and I'm wearing the Mad Money with Jim Kramer t-shirt. Oh, boy, you, this guy's got game and swag and everything. How can I help you? So, um, I was wondering, with, um, with American Airlines set, setting to go down, like, um, like the earnings, should I buy, hold, Let's look, they American. report next week, and I, I'm not a big fan of the airline stocks. We're going to see exactly what they say. The stock has been stuck at this level for some time. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the... Lightning Round! The Lightning Round is sponsored by Charles Schwab. Maybe it's not that the Magnificent Seven is all that magnificent. What if it's more like the original film, where the villagers simply don't have all that much going for them, making the Seven magnificent by comparison? Look, I know that's a harsh judgment, but every morning when I try to figure out what I want to talk about on Squawk in the Street, I realize that uh, all we really want to do is talk about the seven. They are an endless source of interest, entertainment, amusement, excitement versus everything else. This morning, for example, I saw a compelling piece of data from a major trucking company, J.B. Hunt, that we just profiled. It looks like the intermodal business putting containers on trains is perking up. After a prolonged period in the doldrums, intermodal volumes were up 6% this past quarter, up 8% in the month of December. Taking by itself, this could be a sign that maybe there's more commerce coming back. Frankly, though, at best, that's a yawn line. And at worst, it's something that might frighten the Federal Reserve into keeping interest rates higher. What J.B. Hunt told us is very important, which is why I covered it earlier. But it makes for a boring narrative. It's not exactly Eli Wallach taking on the seven. Meanwhile, Apple's Vision Pro goes on sale today, and what could be more exciting than a fully loaded $3,500 item that's so compelling even Google and Netflix seem scared of it, to the point where they won't make their apps available on the platform. No YouTube or Netflix on this thing. I believe in the Vision Pro, but even if it fails, hard to believe, though, given that today's orders were very strong, as you can't get one for more than a month now. It's just pre-order day today, the first one, and you can't. It, that's an eye-grabbing story. But, you know, well, what can I say? Then do you want to talk about Ford? Yeah, I saw that Ford's pivoting, making fewer electric vehicles, cutting production for the once much sought-after Ford Lightning, and instead making more Broncos and Ranger trucks. The story here isn't that Ford's old-school vehicles are selling well. It's that electric vehicles have lost their luster, which is bad news uh, long-term, given how much they've invested in the business. Ford should do better now, though, at selling cars with bigger margins, and that... You know, the Ranger, they make more on the Bronco, they make more. On. But do you really care if Broadcom is up like 60 bucks? Then we got a very important Callan piece about how it's tracking well for Microsoft, better than expected. And we might get an upside surprise because of its all in approach to AI, not to mention the PC refresh cycle and all the excitement for the co-pilot at the enterprise level. Stock soared almost $5 response. 
But then you can go have a boring discussion on how disappointing Morgan Stanley's quarter was and how it'll be hard for them to raise their gross margins. This investment bank slash wealth manager needs more M&A and more stock issuance. But that's not up to them. Cutting numbers, cutting price targets, cutting, cutting, cutting. Ah, but then there's Meta Platforms buying 3,500, I'm sorry, 3,000. No, 35,000 H100 cards from NVIDIA. When I read it, I really did think it was a typo. They can't be buying 350,000. Uh, these are really high-end ones. Somebody, somebody, they started like $40,000, and they need them because they have so much AI. That sends Meta and NVIDIA higher. You can practically see NVIDIA's gross margins rising in real time. 350000 Sure, periodically the 97 do have something. Yeah, it's worth noting. I mean, today Chipotle got a lift from a number bump, but Chipotle stock trades at nearly 50 times earnings, more expensive than any of the Mag 7 except Tesla. SOB, the old Schlumberger, had a slightly better than expected quarter despite lower oil prices, but I was the only person, maybe other than the CEO, who cared about that. Do you really want to buy the stock of SLB more than any of the semiconductor names that even loosely relate to NVIDIA, like Broadcom or Marvell Tech, both pushed by different brokerages? Most people don't want that non-MAG7 exposure. Why? It's too boring or too richly valued or too commodity-related, too hostage to the Fed, too nothing. In the end, it's not the fall of Magnificent 7 that the other 493 stocks, the S&P 500, simply aren't that compelling. It's the fall of the other 493 and their inability to separate themselves from each other from the actions of the Fed. There are two neighborhoods in this market. One deserves to be called Magnificent, and the other... It's just a darn handful of houses that don't make a ton of sense to purchase or, sadly, right now, even rent. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. Last call starts now. All opinions expressed by Jim Cramer on this podcast are solely Cramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Cramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Cramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Cramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warn its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash disclaimer. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.